Welcome to the Salt Circle Podcast. My name is Hank. With me, as always, is my co-host, Ben. Oh, starting with this co-host shit again? I thought we'd moved on. I thought we were... We are We are the co-hosts. I am the other co-host. I don't like how it feels. <laughs> I just don't... Can we not just both be hosts? No, we are we are co-hosts. I don't like both it, hosts. I don't like the hyphenated words are gross. Really? Name one good one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Spider-Man. That's not a hyphenated word. That's a alternate alternative superhero. No, that's why Spider-Man's better than Batman and Superman, because his name's hyphenated. Is it hyphenated? Spider-Man, Am I just, like, not remembering this properly? Superman and Batman are not. Spider-Man Well, that I, that I know. I guess I just never, uh... Been never, I've never, I've never internalized enough. it. Spider-Man is one of my... enough hours of your life looking at the Spider-Man logo. I... It's just not, uh... Spider-Man is down there for me on superheroes, honestly. As far as like, and for me, for me, it's all like, it's it's all like superficial, right? Like I have that surface level, like I'm sure there are Spider-Man stories that I would enjoy, but mm-hmm. like as a thing Spider-Man that has like, the best costume in comics though, so. The best well. costume? Really? Yeah. How? Because it covers good. his face? It's like, what? <laughs> What he, aspect? He's super like, expressive with just his eyes, for one. His, the expressiveness. There's so much you can do with his eyes. Yeah, I'll give you that. Even though they're part of the costume and shouldn't be moving, but yeah. Well. No, yeah, no, no. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's the power of comic books, and then, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's very good. So we're actually talking about today. <laughs> is completely uh, unrelated. So now we're on, now this podcast is about Spider-Man's costume for an hour. That would be go, some ben? deep fucking cuts. <laughs> I don't think you could handle it. Uh, no, I'd be I'd I'd be way out of my element and I feel like there'd be way too many like images that we'd be looking at. It'd be an image cast. You didn't even know Spider-Man's name was hyphenated. God damn it. I mean, yeah, that, I don't like that. It's gross. You're gross. That whole wet dream sequence from the Broadway play of Spider-Man is gross. I don't remember that part. I I remember the song about shopping. I think it's a thing in other... It has to have come up in, like, comic or movie or something. He, like, wakes up after, like, getting his powers. And his, like, room is just covered in webs. I mean, that's Gooey, white, sticky webs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I only listened to the Broadway musical thing through once. Yeah, you didn't miss much. And they might have changed it since I did that. Because they changed the songs a bunch of times, I know. Yeah. They changed the whole plot from what it originally was, even. Uh, but yeah. It didn't seem great. It didn't seem great. No. Oh. Oh. 
Wicked was a good, oh, that's... good Broadway play. Um, we're, we're talking about books, right? Like that's the yeah. I'm not misremembering. I just want to talk about Spider Man now, though. But I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I'd always rather talk about Spider Man. That's the same. You I'm, can, like, the, you I'm can, like Bruce you Banner. Could, you could I'd just start always a, rather talk about Spider Man. Can just start a podcast with Peter. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'd be down to talk about comic books all the time. Yeah. I mean, we'll but, talk uh, about yeah, today. Yeah, your Star Wars comics, whatever. Oh, okay. Not wow. Fucking not a real comic? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't need to say it. Everyone's thinking it. Not a real fan. <laughs> Spider-Man ass. Get out of here. Wow. <laughs> you get out of here. <laughs> Fucking! I will turn this podcast around. <laughs> oh, are we there yet? Uh, I guess we'll get there when we get. I guess there. we're there. Yeah, we're at. Yeah. We're you know we're talking about books. We're doing we're talking uh, about books today. It's like our second, yeah, our second episode in the shit that influenced us series. Yes, we yep. talked about games. Now we're gonna be talking about books. Should be a good we'll time. Talk- should be should be a good time i think yeah some of them we've talked about in previous podcasts so they'll probably just be glossed over a bit i'm just now realizing are you saying you're gonna bring up lord of the rings it might come up that yeah so did what (laughs) people are fucking mowing lawn outside so uh timing out of 10 i think i should be able to barely hear it I don't know. Okay. I see it in my recording more so. Um, Mm. Like a noise noise reduction should be fine. Anyway, moving on. Gotcha. I think the Um, thunder outside here stopped. Okay. Well. It's good on my end. (laughs) Yeah, naturally. (laughs) Well, all I can think about is Spider-Man now, so you should start. All right. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess reading for me was... It, it didn't take for a couple years, apparently. I don't remember this. I don't remember a time when I didn't enjoy reading, but uh, my parents swear that early on, like, they had to bribe me to read, like, hey, like, if you complete this little book that was assigned for school, if you complete it early, like, we'll get you a little a little pack of Pokemon cards. And I just fucking blazed through the book, because, like, I, I can be bought. I can... my. <laughs> My attention span, my work ethic, anything really can be purchased. So, mm-hmm. after that, like, after a certain point, it, like, took off. Like, I remember when I was real little, uh, those kind of, I don't know that they were chapter books. They were, like, the, the Berenstain Bear books, but they weren't, like, the super children ones. They were, like, the kind of, like... 10-year-old, little under, little over, like, hmm. stuff. I don't, they weren't chapter books, but they were longer. You know, they weren't those, like, six-page picture books or whatever. Yeah, um, like a sentence on a page. Yeah, they were, I guess, I guess they were kind of like Magic Treehouse sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Like, those were the first ones I remember, like, we would need to read things, like, once a week for school, and so I'd start reading those. Then eventually did Magic Treehouse, and then there were way too many Magic Treehouse books, and then I got older, 
and so I didn't care as much. I don't think they retain. No, they don't. They don't hold up well. Like I don't have any <laughs> really? desire. I've I've like looked back because you know occasionally like take a little nostalgia power trip. I have zero desire to ever hit up Magic Treehouse ever again. So. Well, now I hear it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's <laughs> rolling right by my window. <laughs> yeah, the uh, apartment got some new... Not owners, because like, the company owns it, but like new managers, I guess, for the mm-hmm. complex. Fucking guys do everything so late. They get it done, but like they'll shovel snow at like 11 at night. <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> like, it's fucking... 6 p.m. And they're doing it now. Like, you don't mow lawn at 6 p.m., you crazy fuckers. Anyway, um, yeah, no desire to go back to Magic Treehouse. But I think think from, like, third grade on, maybe second grade, um, yeah, that was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of reading, like, in class, staying up late, all that stuff. My first big series that I got into, well, I guess on a technical note, it might be Animorphs. Which you can... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good shit. Um, <laughs> I was into Animorphs. It was really good. And my tiny-ass school library had a shocking number of them. And mm. a lot of I don't know. I just remember, like, vaguely in, like, third grade reading Animorph books, and I was, like, we had enough that I could even do it chronologically. <laughs> like, a, <laughs> probably the first two-thirds of the series were in that library at least, or something. You know, a little hit and miss, but uh, mm-hmm. you can figure it out. And other kids, like, saw that I was reading these books and it was like, oh, this girl is turning into a cat on the cover. Like, this looks so crazy. They just, like, picked it up and it's, like, number 23 or whatever. They're like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm like, it's a series, though. Just It is a series. Nobody listened. That that was definitely what I was reading Animorphs as they were coming out. And okay. then it got, like, I hadn't, I didn't keep up with it. And then, like, some amount of time later, I was at a bookstore, like, oh, yeah, I wonder Animorphs. And there were so many more Animorphs books that had come out. I just felt like, all right. Yeah, good. there were a lot. <laughs> it's like, What? They're just pumping those things out. They did a lot of Animorphs. Did you ever watch the Animorphs TV show? I looked into it. Like, I think I watched the first episode and noped out. Yeah. Like, way later in life. Yeah, 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 totally. That's that's how I experienced it. Also, me and my friend played the PS1 game once. That was real bad. Yeah. That game's bad. Bad times. Bad. Surprisingly, like looking back, like shit gets pretty. Like, it's pretty dark. <laughs> it's a pretty dark series. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't think about it at the time. I mean, there's the part where the kid's mom turns out to be an evil alien or something. I mean, yeah, Which I guess like, mostly that's like... standard, standard young adult fiction. Stuff. I mean, it's like, like I mean, compare it to Hunger Games. It wasn't even it's like that dark. It wasn't even like. <laughs> For being an alien, though, like it was being controlled by an alien. Like they're they're oh, yeah. they're meant. What's the right word? Not spirit, I guess. They're they're being 
was still inside their body, but they had to watch helplessly as these aliens did all this terrible shit. Mm. So yeah, like that in itself is pretty dark. Like people got yeah trapped mid morph. Like some Fuck. weird, some weird shit. A dude turned into a bird, but like the girl still loved him. Like <laughs> that guy was stuck as a bird. He was. He's stuck. He turned into a bird and couldn't turn back. Sad. Tragic. Tragic. Foul. Foul. <laughs> so yeah, that was like a... I guess that was my first series that I like got into. And then they had like mm. those extended... But my Like Ben's first expanded universe. <laughs> like the, mm. the backstory shit. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um... Yeah, where should I start? Um, so I, I was never like a super huge book reader when I was when I was younger, but my mom would read would read to me like every night for sure for like a long time. So I experienced a lot of books that way. Um, but uh, I'll start with like one of my favorite favorite Bardon books as a kid. That's like super important to me, and like I judge. I would judge other kids' books by it. Was uh, the Phantom Tollbooth? Okay, it sounds familiar. That's that's definitely one of my favorites, and it does a thing that uh, of like starting with a kid finding his way into a magical world, which is like a trope that I just like kind of unconditionally really like. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe also does it. And that's like my favorite part of that that whole series is that opening of that that book where she finds her way into like wanders into a, this closet basically and then finds herself in a snowy field like just that idea yeah it's super super powerful to me uh, but the Phantom Tollbooth also just has like this dry sense of humor that I really really appreciate where it's like these things are jokes but it's not like oh, it's not like laugh hard jokes it's just like yeah just like clever, that, clever that's puns. subtle it has, eloquent uh, humor yeah but it's also like very silly yeah. um and the and the also had some illustrations by this guy Jules Pfeiffer who's a cartoonist I also really like and he wrote one of uh like the best he wrote this uh essay about comic books that's one of my favorite favorite pieces of writing about comics about it's sort of like historical about the early days of comics and also like why they're good but also why they're garbage <laughs> it's just like <laughs> and why it's important that they're garbage <laughs> uh so he that's he's a super influential and I also like that'll transition to me. And he wrote a, a a kid's book that I also super love called A Barrel of Laughs, A Veil of Tears. Which the big thing about it is that there's this character in it who's like operates outside of the author's control called Tom. Even though okay. the author wanted to call him something else, he didn't want to call him Tom, but then he's like, but I'm Tom. <laughs> and there's like a fake chapter six in the book where the author explains to you that this character is completely out of control. 
So he's oh, writing man. this fake chapter six to let you know that, like, come on, like, be, be, watch out for this guy. <laughs> I don't have control of him. And there's a part where, like, Tom walks out of the book because he's stuck in this inescapable forest. He just walks out of the book and then comes back in later. So Naturally. It's an antagonistic character. And I just lo- love that kind of shit. <clears throat> I love the, that, like, so, like, again, like a lot of things of what I like in books are when, the author sort of plays with the the format. If, if you're just reading, giving me a straight novel that's not weird in some way, I can I can kind of get bored. Sure. Is a is a fact about me with books. <laughs> so definitely don't read Sunshine by uh, Robin McKinley. Or maybe I don't know what that is. It is not really a book that i guess <laughs> if it influenced me in other way in in any way it's the first book i read that like really really drove home the point of just because you like a, a handful of books by this author doesn't mean they're all gonna be bangers mm. like it, i think two two of her other books are definitely gonna come up they don't necessarily have to come up now if we're doing this kind of chronologically but like I mean, we can do whatever. You can jump around. I only Way. start chronologically because you did. Fair enough. I didn't even. I mean, I didn't even start chronologically. I just started <laughs> at a point, early point. It's yeah. kind of early. Um, yeah. So it's a vampire book, and I'm like, <sighs> I read this before my vampire class. <laughs> should be word should be noted. Um, because like I. You know, I'm down for like vampires, even like a vampire romance sort of thing. I'm like, I'm down for that if it's not fucking terrible and like mm-hmm. Twilight esque. And it wasn't. Um, I think the story itself is good, but the main character is like a baker at this like little cafe, bakery, restaurant sort of deal. Um, she's not necessarily like she's not the cook at all she just does like the baking side of things mm-hmm. and they never let you forget at all she's <laughs> at one point like captured by these vampires and she's in like this old abandoned mansion she's like chained to the wall while they go take care of this other shit and they give her like some bread and water and she's analyzing the bread <laughs> like it's okay but they use too much flour and blah 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 and like every other like every analogy is about cinnamon rolls and just there's way too much they never it never stops and it's too much and i was bored real fast because like two-thirds of the book is just uh-huh. man <laughs> man so that was, uh, that was a Doesn't... thing. So I guess, to, uh, I guess to get it out of the way, and we can totally gloss over this unless there's something that we missed in the actual podcast about it. Um, mm-hmm. Harry Potter was a real early one, like relative to my reading mm-hmm. career. Harry Potter was definitely one where it hooked me on the first, in the first chapter, specifically because of the thing with they're just there being owls everywhere yep like that that like weird something is just wrong here yeah like hooked me in that like reminding me of of 
that kind of thing that I like. And even though the series really isn't like that from that point on, that was that was definitely the hook for me. Yeah. Which is weird that it's how unlike that the rest of the series is that I still suck with it. I actually just read, was it, maybe it was a, like a, a Reddit comment. I forget if it was a Reddit comment or like a link that someone had to an article on it. Um, and this summed up really well how I feel about the series. Books one through three are like, in varying, in, to some extent, a, a kid's adventure story. Like, they're children, and they're like, stuff's happening. And it's, like, magical and cool. And then they all turn into brooding, shitty teenagers, and it just goes downhill. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about this. <laughs> like. So. I mean, that uh, felt, again, being the, like, around the age of Harry Potter, that, like, made sense to me, honestly. But that was the direction. Like, that, you kind of need to do that. Well, yeah. Like, you look like but, there's not... But, it's just yeah. that the my my big problem with that series is it goes downhill by the end. But I do I don't think that that change is the is a problem with it as a kid series. Yeah, that, and that's fair. Kind of needs to like, change. That's I think I series that don't it. change and evolve with their audiences are Pokemon. <laughs> okay, that's totally different, though. <laughs> no, that's exactly. I feel like it's different. Nope. <sighs> But I was like different. Harry Potter because Harry Potter is like seven books and Pokemon has been going for like a thousand years. And there's I mean, games wrong. and move or games and movies in a show. Mm-hmm. There's enough sp- I'm saying there's enough space for them to do both. Like they could fucking appeal to everybody. Probably have a little room left over, but they don't. Yeah, you're not wrong. And like it's it's also like a preference thing. Like that's just Looking back, I just feel like the first half of the of a uh, Harry Potter works better. But that was also my first. I, I forget if I said this in the other podcast. I probably did, but just my first like controversy around it is surrounding a book series because of the whole witchcraft thing. So like, really religious girl in my class was like, "Oh, you shouldn't be reading that. It's like Satan worship or whatever." Because that's what her parents told her. Uh huh. Which was great because my like my dad is sort of indifferent to that, but like my mom is really when it comes to books and stuff, she's like, people are stupid. Like, let's read Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> she did the same thing later with uh, Golden Compass. Uh, she's like, I don't know. She got a bunch of emails from like people around school like oh maybe we like maybe watch before your kids read this book or whatever and she's like this is dumb i'm gonna read these books so mm-hmm. it was, that's that's an appropriate it was, response yeah yeah <laughs> when it becomes that kind of stuff you realize how dumb it is when you look at the stuff they allow but then the stuff they don't oh yeah like 100%. like the lord of the rings was fine for whatever reason but Harry Potter. Nope. That's because in Lord of the Rings, the magic users are actually servants of God in a way. Uh-huh. I mean, it's uh-huh. true. It's true, though. Like, uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Gandalf wasn't a dude who, like, learned magic. Also, Harry spoke to snakes. You know what happened the last time someone spoke to a snake? All this. <laughs> Look, there, there is an evil corrupting Harry. That, that's why he, he wouldn't just speak to snakes out of nowhere. Yeah, I know, but he still Come did on. it. Come on. As soon as that snake was like, yo, what's up? He should have gone down to his local <laughs> church, confessed his sins, said some Hail Marys. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he's too busy getting locked in a closet. <laughs> yeah, that's never <laughs> spoken on again. All years of domestic abuse. Anyway. I mean, look, he doesn't want to go back there. More importantly, Harry Potter was the stepping stone that got me into fantasy. And mm. that led to Aragon. I forget if you mentioned that you had read that or not. Nope. Yeah. It's, uh... Again, Harry Potter was late. It was, like, my last kind of... I didn't go into anything after... Harry Potter was a... was not, like, a launching point for me into anything. Okay. Well, Aragon was one of those things that, like, it was good. But in hindsight, like, book one was just a rehash of Lord of the Rings. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of fantasy fiction that is just a rehash of Lord of the Rings. It's not. not Yeah, but it's like a pretty, it's pretty direct rehash. Mm -hmm. Like, from plot to just names. (laughs) That's gross. Aragorn, Aragorn, Arwen, Arya. Yeah. Just the progression that oh, it so takes it's, so it's house <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah not wrong <laughs> but after after the first book he does deviate a little bit and i think a lot of people like still give it shit like there's a there's a surprising surprisingly large group of people who just really hate that series and mm-hmm. I don't know. I like dragons. I really copped out on the like the. There's a there is a scene where dragons bang. Suddenly, his powers of description just fall flat as fuck, and he spends a sentence on it. Unbelievable. <laughs> he, he didn't want to talk about it. He was yeah, apparently wasn't into it. Um, I don't. I don't need description about dragons banging personally. Well, I don't need that in my life. Well, nobody else um, banged, so, so by that point, <laughs> take what I can get. <laughs> but uh, I'll just say, just because something's a ripoff doesn't mean it, it has to be bad. Something can be a ripoff and be good. Oh, but. yeah, no, it's it's perfectly fine in its own way. And then it led me to Lord of the Rings, so really, <laughs> that's the important part. Oh, so it ruined your life. Gotcha. Destroyed you as a human being. I mean, it made a lot of other fantasy books less good in that sense. Oh, so it fixed. Okay. No, that, that's, you're not, no, that's a good thing. That's positive. <laughs> Realizing like, that fantasy is trash. That's, all right, I'm in favor. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> probably not the most healthy mindset to have, but like, 
read Lord of the Rings once. <laughs> Everything else is garbage. Fuck this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, like, whatever. If it speaks to you, it speaks to you. Yeah, totally. If people are into that, that's fine. Just like, I, Lord of the Rings, I like Lord of the Rings. It's just, it's not the be-all, end-all for me, but for that genre, it sure is. Yeah, no, and that's that's the thing, like, I still, I'll still, like, do a bit of fantasy and stuff, and some of it does things that Lord of the Rings doesn't do, but Lord of the Rings is still the best one. It was kind of my thing with, um, 3D platformers. Like, Super Mario 64 is, I, I like it, it was, I had a good time. But the fact that it became the be-all and end-all for that entire genre that every genre then tried to imitate it in a way that didn't even measure up to that was, like, a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Just like people got lo- lost the uh, actual, like, drive to try and see what else the genre could be. And it just became copies of that in ways that weren't... Mm-hmm. Just delivered d- diminishing returns and weren't particularly interesting to me. I don't... I, I actually, I you know, I've never, like, really tried looking into it. I, I don't know how much Lord of the Rings played a part in this, but like, as we, as we have kind of talked about before, like, the base of Lord of the Rings is the language. Like, there's all these, yeah. there's all these fucking elvish words, but there's a system to it, and you have all these other books where it's like, we're gonna throw a made up word in here. And we're going to explain that word. But uh-huh. there's no system at all. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Putting yeah. words together. Like, and people who are just writing fantasy out here aren't linguists. Yeah. <laughs> who are, like, studying language as their main thing and writing as a mm-hmm. or side even like, project. Or even, like, putting any effort into it. Like, mm. it's, I don't know. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's, it's just, it's a dumb thing. It doesn't mean a story had to be bad, but, uh, it's just a funny thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like, even I just read, um, one of the other Robin McKinley books that I really like is The Hero and the Crown, which is a prequel novel to The Blue Sword. So, Blue Sword was a thing they like referenced this girl who like a thousand years earlier or something like was the only one able to wield this blue sword and the hero in the crown is like the origin of that girl from like a thousand years ago blue sword actually is not that great <laughs> and then hero in the crown is really good like just a well done female protagonist who i think you could actually just replace every instance of her and she with male pronouns and it would be totally fine like it is a just a strongly written female protagonist and she does cool stuff so that was a it's a nice short journey like i'm i'm kind of at the point where one of the first things I do with like a fantasy or sci-fi novel is check if it's part of a series, and if it is, I leave it because <laughs> I don't, don't want to invest the time. Yeah, 
That's fair. There was a book I really liked as a kid that uh, was A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, yeah. But which the movie came out this year and is awful. It's mm-hmm. garbage, terrible, bad movie. <laughs> what? It feels That's... like it was made by people who don't know what movies are. It has Oprah Winfrey, though. How could it be bad? It's really bad. Uh, Oprah Winfrey does get very tall in it, though. She's very tall. <laughs> oh, man. Looms overall. And the internet went fucking wild. <laughs> just want to crawl up and right be inside Oprah. Um, but that, that book is part of a series, and I had no idea as a kid. I just read that first book and was like, yeah, that was good. And it was done. I just never had any idea until uh, I, I met other people who had read it in college and started talking. It's like, yeah, but I really like the third book. I'm like, wait, there, there was more than one book? Weird. <laughs> I had, uh, you know, have you, you know, The Giver? Dude. I'm aware. I never read it. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I don't. There were uh, there were several instances throughout um, middle school and high school of everybody's going to read a book. Here is a list of books for you to choose from, and then you like there you know there six or eight books or whatever, and you pair off into groups based on what mm-hmm. book you chose. And in like I don't know somewhere in middle school, uh, the Giver was one of them, and I read it. It was really good. Like I enjoyed the the concept. Um, and it was just, you know, well done. And later found out there were two other books, like, set in that universe. And one of them was directly related. Like, they mentioned some character names. Like, there's this other stuff going on. The fact that I can't remember any of them should tell you how good they were. <laughs> but I just remember there was this other girl in my grade who also really enjoyed reading. Like, she would... She, burn through all of the books at the library pretty much like mm-hmm. in a kind of gross way didn't even check for quality just read anything <laughs> and she didn't believe me she like she didn't believe that these books were sequels of a sort to the giver and they were like it's the same author and he says like or she says or whoever like they're part of the thing i, I don't know it was frustrating your first experience of someone denying reality. Yeah. It's pretty surreal. It's a, it's a thing. Another writer that wrote kids books I greatly enjoyed was Roald Dahl. I was big into Roald Dahl books. What? Like, give me, give me some titles. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the All BFG. Right. Okay. Um, lots of stuff. But, honestly, the the book of his that stuck with me the most was, um, so he wrote, he wrote two autobiographical books. One was, I think, called Boy or something that was about his time as a kid. But then he wrote one about uh, called Going Solo, which is about his time in the war. And I oh. fucking love that book. That book I really like. Okay. So that was that was an interesting. He also he's also written like lots of um short stories. I think some, a lot of them are horror themes, but I've I never really dove into that stuff. Uh 
but I really liked his uh, his autobiographical book about his time in the war. It was, it was super, super good. He has like a caustic sense of humor in a lot of his stuff, mm-hmm. even though it's like, you know, kids books. I mean, I feel like that's apparent in Charlie the Shock Effect. You read all the bad kids getting horribly, horribly <laughs> punished. <laughs> I like that yeah. uh, that harshness. I mean, they all like. Well, one girl was just purple. Her kid was really like flat and, and tall. She was purple, and like she turned into a blueberry, right? She also yeah, but she like didn't they deflate her? Up. Like juicer Probably. or something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, nobody died. Nobody. Oh died. yeah, see there you go. Nobody died. So how <laughs> bad was it, really? <laughs> I think my. I actually like. I can't really think of like an individual author that I really got into as far as like kid books goes. Mm. Um, I guess I. Like looking back, I read a surprising amount of uh, shit. What was it like, Judy Bloom? Is that like Super Fudge? Something I don't know. I think she wrote a book called Blubber, and it might be the worst book that I have ever read and also <laughs> completed. Wow! Like I read half of it, and it was just fucking terrible. And uh, I think the worst I, book I ever read was The Whipping Boy, which was about I you know, this kid who that. served <laughs> yep. this other yep. kid and was to get whipped for the prince. Yeah, we uh, we did up that. Uh, that milk made me grade. so angry. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's when I read it. That that man, I that book made me it. so mad. I forget. The I don't remember anything. I just yeah. remember fucking hating it and being so mad that yeah. I was supposed to read this book. I was like mad at my teacher, uh, mad at the system, mad at the world. Just like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, it's not a, it's not an A-list book. <laughs> but even like, I think a big thing with like there was, I think there was a lot of like the the book I remember is like Super Fudge. I think there was also like Double Fudge. It was just mm. about like this kid and his younger brother was named Fudge. Or they not name fudge, but like that's what they called them, and it was like at the time I'm like, oh, these are really good. And I look back, I'm like, I can't do it. Like everybody in these books is fucking annoying. <laughs> like the parents are idiots. The main character is mm. kind of a doormat and never fixes it. And the, his younger brother is like going to become a serial killer. Like, he's in fourth grade and he fucking swallows a turtle whole. Also lives. I just... Why was this situation allowed to happen? And also just, <laughs> why am I reading about it? I I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, that's like one that I... I I read the books, but like I wasn't into them. I don't know. It was like one of those, one of those things, just like fuel your hatred. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. something. Yeah, but uh, I understand. There were two books by apparently Rebecca Rupp, "The Dragon of Lonely Island" and the follow-up uh, "Return of the Dragon," and 
I don't know, dude, I really like dragons. <laughs> it was like, there's this little island of an like, undescribed area, but off the mainland, it's like modern day. And these kids uh-huh. all like go exploring, and they find like this giant golden three-headed dragon in a cave. And it's really heavy-handed moral stuff. Like, it really beats uh-huh. you over the head with it. Like, oh... Oldest child doesn't want to share his new flashlight with the middle sibling. <laughs> like, and then the dra- like one of the dragon heads tells a story about, you know, whatever girl from, like, ancient China. And, uh-huh. like, how she learned to share and blah, blah, blah. But, like, with the implication that the dragon is, like, thousands and thousands of years old. I don't know, so it's like a little collection. It's like three stories plus a little beginning and ending of the modern day story. And mm-hmm. the second book is kind of the same. But it's, it's dope. Nice. I didn't learn anything from it. I didn't need to be taught <laughs> anything, but it was good. <laughs> uh awesome. There's this book, um, the borrowers that i really loved yep i saw like the movie adaptation and also yeah. the studio ghibli film there's a studio ghibli film about the borrowers what? i think so the secret of arietti uh, they're like little people who hmm. i mean I little mean, people who take things that's, yeah. that's the borrowers is put so. it on the list Huh. Coming to a podcast near you. I guess, yeah. Yeah, that was a book I remember really, really loving. I really liked um, Stuart, the Stuart Little book, which was oh, a movie man. I was not, definitely not going to watch also. Yeah, I, I've I only really, seen the movies. No desire to go re- back to them. The book is really good. Also, in the, by the end of the book, he like meets a tiny human girl. We start he like gets with, which is you know, who's <laughs> his size. They didn't put that in the movies. They didn't because in the movies he grows up in the book rather. In the movies he doesn't, which is like one of the things I, like I, I knew I wouldn't like the books. It's like you were like leaving out half the story. It's like the Gulliver's Travels movies. It's like what? we remember this one part. Am I getting this? Isn't am I getting this confused? Isn't Stuart Little like a mouse? He is a mouse, yes. No. Yes. He's so a mouse. He he's grows raised by up. humans. He's still a mouse. So he's like Dramo Stilton. Old mouse dude. He's a little mouse dude, yeah. Lives in the Okay. In the real world. That's fucking disturbing as hell. He races boats in the in a park. That I remember that scene. I remember that yeah. scene. Yeah, but like it's like his it's kind of like him becoming an adult. It's not just, whereas the movie is just him as a kid. And it's, so like you're taking out the whole arc. Wait, wait, wait. okay, story. let me, let's, let's revisit something here. When he grows up, do you mean like mentally or does he become a giant fucking mouse? No, he's, no, mentally. I'm talking about okay. aging. That makes way more sense. He does I was imagining like a six foot tall anthropomorphic <laughs> mouse, like going to no. work at a bank. No, he's always okay. a tiny man. Okay, this is far more palatable. But he meets, (laughs) but he does meet a tiny human female who is mouse-sized. Yeah, of course. For him to to date or whatever, I think is 
near the end of that book. I remember that being weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I really like that book. Read that multiple times. Uh, and then there's like Charlotte's Web was another book, super, I super liked. <laughs> yeah, that was a, yeah. a good book. I just there was just an image of like, uh-huh. I'd read it of Snoop Dogg. What? <laughs> some little some little kid was like showing him a book or something. He's like Charlotte's Web with Wilbur and shit. That pig was dope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, like it was a good book. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Kids book of like here's this character who's just going to die. Kids. <laughs> yeah. Everything you love will die. Uh just be aware. Sacrifice yourself for the greater good. good. Exactly. Good kids books lessons. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so the other, when did I, my, my final Robin McKinley book, which was actually the first one I read by her was called Deerskin. Um, definitely a, a sleeper hit. Like I was 100% lied to on the back of the book, like a little <laughs> blurb. Um, it said that it was about this girl who, like, she's the princess and she goes on a magical journey with, like, her five or nine dogs or something. Like, you know, these big, like, kind of royal hounds or whatever that accompany her. I'm like, all right, like, this sounds cool. Like, this sounds a thing, like a, like a cool thing. I, I'm scared that one or more of the dogs is going to die over the course of this story, but, like, uh, I'll, I'll do it. It was not that at all. Um, She gets raped in, like, the first... Oh, God. 20-ish pages <laughs> by her dad. Oh, oh, fuck. And the next... Like, there is a brief bit at the beginning, and a brief bit at the end, and the entire middle section of that is just her dealing with this. Like, the trauma of it. And it's horrifying. And just terrible. But, it was really important for me, because I was kind of a piece of shit. (laughs) Like, just had the hardest time empathizing with with victims and i not as a choice but just like there wasn't that level there uh uh-huh. and i finished this book and was like oh fuck <laughs> like literally completely shifted my worldview in a very good way but it was not a magical journey like god i mean that's why fiction like that exists kind of right yeah it's still like very well done so like it worked (laughs) oh it it works like i just you know like i settle in and get all comfy on the couch on a saturday like i wasn't ready (laughs) 
but yeah, real uh, real good shit. Mm-hmm. F- sounds like a fun, delightful romp. Yeah, I can't wait for the movie. <laughs> God, that would be. I mean, it would also be like it'd be a good movie, but also like terrifying. Because it's like, it's not, it's like a, it's not first person narrator, Mm -hmm. but it's like third person from her point of view. So it's really disjointed and just, yeah, terrifying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, real important. No dogs died. That was a thing. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I like playing. the back of the book just like did not prepare you at all. <laughs> no, dude, it doesn't say shit about it. It was terrible. <laughs> That's great. I don't know yep. where to transition from that though. <laughs> really don't. Like, I was um, gonna talk about Winnie the Pooh, but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she has a honey. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, it's like there's heavy-handed stuff there, as we learned, as we learned from Country Bear, is like he's dealing with an addiction. Like he's a honey bear. No. Heavy-handed shit's coming with the Christopher Robin movie about Christopher Robin as a jaded factory work manager. Is this like a, a movie that is this a movie that exists or this that's is, happening? This is coming. I've seen that the trailer is out. It's the new Winnie the Pooh movie, and then Winnie the Pooh comes like live-action hmm. CG Winnie the Pooh. So it's like him as Christopher Robin. Okay, so it's like who has forgotten the magic of being a child. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like a hook or something. Yeah. All right. So not Ted. Not Ted. (laughs) I don't think this Disney Winnie the Pooh movie is going to be that raunchy. Yeah. Um. Do I need to like? If I want to see it, do I need to go into any of the lore? What what part of the Winnie the Pooh canon do I need to, <laughs> to be up on? I mean, probably the movie. <laughs> the Disney movie. I don't know that. The first one. I probably... You've never I, seen Winnie the Pooh? I, I was good. Let me rephrase. I've seen it. I don't think I've seen it since I can retain information. Yeah, we well, should rewatch Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh might be my favorite Disney movie. I think that's yeah. the most important one to me. Because I love Winnie the Pooh. I big, I really enjoy big, Winnie the Pooh. Man. I just don't know that I've like seen that movie in particular. I know I've seen like some of the other ones or other one. Is it centered on Tigger? Tigger is in the first movie. Well, yeah, but yeah. like, but is there it... is a there is a there are direct video. There's definitely a direct video I Tigger I, movie. I think I've there seen was also a TV show. I've seen a bit of the show, and I think I've seen the movie that focused more on Tigger. I've seen mm. some uh, Russian Winnie the Pooh, and it's fucking oh, amazing. That sounds delightful and weird. 
it's it's like pretty good it's like catchy he's making little poems all the time so he's like uh-huh. wandering around like mm-hmm. um out of the three episodes i've seen each one involved a gun not a real gun but a gun it's like <laughs> tries to float himself up to get some honey with Shoots balloons <laughs> no with balloons and then uh-huh. he's stuck up in the air so, so he, he takes has out his revolver. No, he has he <laughs> has piglet him. run home to get the gun, which is a cork <laughs> gun, but still, oh. and like shoots him, and the cork yeah. like hits him in the ass first. I'm like, yeah, yeah, little silly kid shows things. But oh, what did the poop? Mm. I'll have to I'll have to do that up. That's a, that actually sounds like a nice. I mean, it probably yeah, Tigger's a... probably the part of the the Winnie the Pooh movies that's like. The most annoying. It's just weird. It's a change of pace because he's such a hyperactive character and those are such laid back stories yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh is not. I like Winnie, Winnie the Pooh is so great because he's he's like interested in he's such a realistic character. I'm like, man, he just wants to relax and eat some honey. Yeah, dude. Like, just, uh, just have a good time. <laughs> I can identify. But also, I I really identified with Eeyore. He was completely depressed. I love that character. How sad he was. Yeah. Down in, down in the dumps because he can't find his tail. Good happens. Good times. Good times. I played Christopher Robin in a school play and had a panic attack on stage. Oh, no. Because someone, like, skipped two-thirds of the play because they forgot their line. And then they went to a line that was, like, in a similar scene at the end of the play instead of the beginning. Oh, dear. And, like, sequence breaking like that just broke me. And I was just, <sighs> I was done. <laughs> it's just, like, crying out of, like, panic the the rest of the show. It's a bad time. How, how did it, how did it play out? Why did someone sprint? I think they just stage? finished that scene and then they just like, like curtain. They they just like went to the the scene that should have been next and they played out the play the rest of the way, uh, without me. And I could not. <laughs> I was done. Just destroyed. Just finished. Yeah. yeah, I was just destroyed. I was ruined. Uh, it happens, man. Happened. Yeah. I wanted to play Eeyore though. I didn't want to play Christopher Robin. Yeah, you don't strike me as a Christopher Robin. Nope. But it's what I did. Yeah. I think uh, the only book in this is no longer true. The only uh, book in school that we had to read that I didn't actually read. Oh, man. Huckleberry Finn. Fuck, dude. Huckleberry Finn is great. I just wasn't having it at the time. Huckleberry Finn is one of my favorite books. I think I just got real sick of the dial, like the the written accent. Mm-hmm. That kind of grated on me. Um, I also just wasn't. I think if I reread it now, I'd be more fine with it because I it took me like until last semester semester before to get into more classic literature 
Mm-hmm. So I think if I went back, I'd be like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. I The story and H- stuff, perfectly fine. But, well, well, the thing about Huckleberry Finn is it's like, it's an adventure where like every stop along the river is kind of like a different world and has like its own different internal rules. Sure. So it's, it's, and I just like that kind of kind of storytelling. But the the thing I really like about Huckleberry Finn is as a sequel to Tom Sawyer. It's like Tom Sawyer is like a standard adventure, standard kid story about this this kid. It's like Tom Sawyer's the greatest. He tricks people into painting a fence for him. Ha ha. ha. And then Huckleberry Finn is like, you know, Tom Sawyer is actually a monster. He's the worst. Yeah. He's terrible. Like, that's like the last thing in Huckleberry Finn. It's like you then you get back to Tom Sawyer and Tom Sawyer is a fucking. Oh, God. He takes he read Don Quixote and took it literally as like a way to live your life. Oh, no. He's bad. He's a monster child. Uh. Yeah, no, there's having also, I will say Huckleberry Finn was much more interesting to me having read Don Quixote because I understood stuff about it that I hadn't ever gotten out of the story before when I'd read it as okay. a kid. It's definitely one that like has more. There's more going on there than I first assumed. And and it's easy to also read that book and say it's kind of bullshit because there's a character death that then gets undone at the end, and it's like, that's oh. super cheap. But I kind of understand it a little bit more now, mm. whereas like there there were periods of time where I just thought, yeah, this is Mark Twain punking out because he was worried about the book selling, which also could be partially true. Mark Twain had money problems because he lived an extravagant life. And also invested all his money in trying to make a, a printing press that worked like how humans would set type. So it had all these mechanical arms that would individually pick up type and put them in a tray. <laughs> Just this insane oh. way of solving it. It's a great example of this is how you shouldn't solve a problem. You should try and solve this problem by mechanically doing the thing that's always been done you should figure out the way to do it more efficiently it's like actual printing presses just create one piece of type that has all the the words Mm -hmm. on it all the letters just in sequence as one big thing rather than actually individually picking up these little pieces of type with mechanical arms that's a nightmare yeah they're good they're good stories about mark twain's uh printing press and uh, actually, Samuel Clemens. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're not wrong. I was his name was Samuel Clemens, but he's Mark Twain. Come, he's Mark Twain. Come on, come on, come on. I do like recently, within like since since the semester that I had. Uh, even even I had my I had two classes simultaneously that are meant to be taken like one first semester one second semester it was english mm-hmm. 211 and english 212 and 212 was like romantic to 21st century or 20th century literature maybe 
um, British literature, I should say. And the 211 class was like medieval literature through romantic. And we like tackled Beowulf, tackled. Well, that's the one where I read uh, Gulliver's Travels, um, Part of Paradise Lost, and Beowulf. And I don't know. I just really enjoyed like a hundred percent of things that we read in that class. Mm-hmm. Like, which is I think a first for me. <laughs> like everything <laughs> I was a hundred percent down for. It was great. Uh-huh. And then like since then I'm like, yo, like literature is great. Like finally did up uh Great Gatsby, grabbed East of Eden, like Moby Dick. Been mm-hmm. getting real into shit. Uh, it also got me into um, like Norse mythology. Yeah, because a lot of that early stuff has that overlap of like Christianity and paganism. Mm-hmm. And I don't know as as we have uh, as we've discussed previously, just blown away by how surprisingly not accurate that Marvel Thor is compared to. Real Thor, what? Um, I mean, it has, like, nothing to do with it. Yeah, I just... Marvel's yeah. Hercules is a little more accurate, I guess. But it's that's, like, more accurate to, um, like, movie versions of Hercules, even. So. Sure. But yeah, I just... I don't know, it's almost like that one point, like... Maybe just because of that, or because of how shattered my expectations were, like... It's almost like one of those sore points. Like, if someone brings up Norse mythology, I want it to be accurate now. And if it's not, I like, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. But also, I'm getting a little upset about it. Look, like, Lord of the Rings. Look, totally fine to take some liberties. Marvel Comics lore was also but... created by the guy who was like, I'm going to do a story where the Fantastic Four meet God. And here he is, this giant purple dude who has a big G on his chest and wants to eat the Earth. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so Is that not what like, God looks like? Look, I'm just saying that that's Jack Her- Galactus is Jack Curry's version of God, so yeah. maybe give him some slack on the Thor thing. Oh no, totally. I guess most recently I'm like I'm looking at God of War. Gotcha. And I actually I I I won't talk about it at all. But I read a bit because there is almost a zero percent chance of me playing it in like the next ten years. So I'm like, I'm curious. Like, yeah, it's just very doubtfully going to happen unless I somehow stumble upon one. Mm -hmm. So I like read it up, you know, just to see like a little bit, so I can at least keep up with the conversation if it happens. Um, yeah, it's there. There's some liberties. I'm not a fan of them. I recognize that might be a not great way to think, but there you go. I mean, uh, yeah, whatever. Judging yeah, a game no, you haven't played based no, on it's, stuff you've no, read. No, it's, it's not. It's not judging the game. It's, ju- it's yeah, like yeah. just judging, like, uh-huh. I, I don't need to play whatever. the game to whatever. Here's to my question. Did happens. they turn a spider into a sexy lady? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't played the game. <laughs> That's... 
don't know. That's the the lore thing of a game, a recent game that I thought was super dumb. So that's my standard. I'm trying turn to turn a spider a... that was always just a spider into a sexy lady. Is it a game I played? Let's see. That was Shadow of War. That was the new fucking Lord of the Rings. Remember oh, oh, okay. I haven't, I haven't played the new one, and I actually haven't played the old one because it's still like every time I try, yeah. I'm like it's not Lord of the Rings though. Yeah, shitting. It's Gollum over. though. There's shitting all over. Wait, they turned <laughs> Shelob into a sexy yes lady. They turned Shelob into a sexy what lady. What the fuck? Oh my god, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Tolkien Isn't it? Isn't it banning in his grave? <laughs> you could attach you could attach a generator to him and get electricity to power the earth for a million years. What Ugh. if? That's so bad. That's the, that's terrible. <laughs> I guess yeah, I, I feel fine judging that without playing the game. Yeah, no, that's fucking garbage. Fuck that game. I'm going to go on Metacritic. I don't know what I think (laughs) about it. I mean, whatever. That game had horrible microtransaction stuff. That's the real reason. And also, they made DLC on a charity thing to help someone who died, but then it wasn't for charity in other regions. Like They did real gross stuff around the business practice of that game, too, so... Plenty of reasons to say fuck that game. Thanks to uh, thanks to reading through, I actually have like two things. I have my Neil Gaiman, 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 Gaiman. I think it's Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. That's what I've always pronounced as. Um, he recently did a a Norse mythology collection, like his take on it, and it's really really good for getting a base. And then, um, in the introduction, he kind of talks about how part a large purpose of the book is get the basic knowledge of the of the Norse myths so you can retell them to people so it's everything is really simple and then if you want to embellish it what do you retell it to someone because you like it like go for it so that was neat and then I have a different one that's much more academic like it's a historian like mm-hmm. context, like contextual stuff in the back and all that that's also great. Um, but through through reading that, every single, like, the amount of names that Tolkien just pulls, which doesn't <laughs> surprise me, but, like, all of the dwarfs in The uh, Hobbit and Gandalf, yeah. they're all dwarfs. All Norse dwarves, like, from yeah. those myths. I didn't know it was, like, that extensive. <laughs> Which is cool. Like I'm fine with it. I don't care. It makes it better, honestly. Also, that Thor is just kind of like, which, I guess, is maybe the thing that uh, Marvel Thor is like closest to. Like he's just kind of like the everyman's god. Like he's mm-hmm. he's bro. He's bro. He likes to he likes to drink and fight and he's he's just a dude. Yeah, and then, like the nobility are all like, no, it's about Odin. He's wise. Oh, he's wise. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Gave up his eye. 
hung on the world tree for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. He did stuff, dude. Oh. But here's one. Does Marvel ever talk about like a little squirrel that runs up and down the world tree like trading Rain insults? Tusk? Yeah. Um, no. I don't think Ratatosk ever... That's sad. Or comes up. There is a Japanese RPG where you play as Ratatosk. What? That's so um, specific. Well, so you play as a, a kid who is, like, possessed by Ratatosk at first, you think? <laughs> it's, it's weird. What? Um, okay. And it's never clear. They never established Ratatosk as a squirrel in that game, but it's they Great. definitely he's Ratatosk. It's not like uh, it's Tales of, and it's a sequel game because it's a mm-hmm. sequel to Tales of Symphonia. It's Tales of Symphonia: Dawn of the New World on Weird. the Wii. Also, the important thing in that game is that oh, courage is the magic that turns dreams into reality. Because they say that phrase a lot to the point where it became a meme. Ugh. <laughs> it's a pretty bad phrase. I, so that that is one of my favorite. Like, oh, this is like a terrible story, but I can't stop watching it. Uh-huh. It's amazing. <laughs> also, that that game has the a thing of like you're f- kind of following the villains as the story is unfolding, but also like the main plot is happening over somewhere else while you do this dumb side thing that doesn't matter. Yeah. You hunt a light frog while the characters from the previous game go follow the plot. Look, good huh. times. But uh yeah, you're Ratatosk. So Great. That's that's my major Ratatosk Great. experience. <laughs> yeah, he's just a he's a little squirrel dude. He's I guess dude. yeah. I there's just I I guess I've always thought because I this was like my first time going through Norse mythology. Like it's been twenty four years and I'd never really mm-hmm. like had the basic idea, but nothing else. Um, I had always assumed that it was kind of like Greek mythology, where there was all this, you know, just a ton of stuff that we that we had pulled from and that we know. And it's like, no, actually, like you have these handful of stories, and that's literally all that's left. Which, just. I don't know, aids in the like futileness of it all. Futility of the stories. Mm. Real dark. Real like dark overtones, in my opinion anyway. But real good stuff. Not dark like deer skin. Yeah. I mean Redditalk's definitely been in Marvel Comics. I just don't uh, can't remember any of them. That's fair. <laughs> Probably a reason for it. Or or I haven't read them. <laughs> yeah. Also be. I think she becomes a superhero for girl squirrel instead of squirrel girl. It's the thing that happens oh. with Ratatosk and Marvel. That's weird. <laughs> girl squirrel just sounds so not great. This is not so, something that would. It doesn't read well. No. Well. No. Squirrel girl is a thousand times. She's got a little. More. She's got a little cape. Well, I would. I would hope. Uh. 
Here. Oh. Send you send you a picture. That's <laughs> Ugh. That's pretty heinous. <laughs> I guess most recently I burn and I go I go through like spurts. Like I won't read for a long while and then I'll just sit down and read like I don't know, a dozen books back to back without stopping. Mm-hmm. And just go nuts. Um, it's been a bit of a, a shorter one, but I burned through two Star Wars novels and started a third. They're real fucking good. <laughs> like, they're based... And I think there's still a lot of stuff, maybe it's slowing down now, but a, like a lot of the comics, or some of the comics, I guess, and then a good chunk of the novels have been unused Clone Wars content because it got canceled. And I think both of the books that I read, Ahsoka and Dark Disciple, those are both like unused Clone Wars things, but really good storytelling. Got some, got some love story going on. Got some, uh, some uh, backstory about like Ahsoka going on, which is nice. We learn more about lightsaber crystals. Highly important. Because the Sith have to break the crystals to turn them red so they bleed. But we learn in Ahsoka that if you take a broken kyber crystal and you heal it, then you get a white lightsaber. It's dope. So you come back as Gandalf the Light? <laughs> yeah, basically. Defeat the Balrog. Yeah, man. Defeat that the Rancor. A... <laughs> yep. <laughs> man, oh, this, I'm going to be like reading Lord of the Rings again. That's how this is going <laughs> to do one do one book podcast like damn it's been a while lord of the rings though um you know there, there are plenty of other books that i could talk about but the the big one i want to get to is just uh kurt vonnegut oh yeah uh, i'm uh, he might be my favorite writer in terms of uh books and i kind of i think i've read there might be one or uh, there are like a handful of things of his i haven't read but um i've read almost all his books for sure, and I just I just love his uh, his thing, and I love his his gimmick of just the idea of being unstuck in time. Yeah, just things. Playing I've out seen and... the the passage from I think it's Slaughterhouse Five about like the bombs going back up into the air and the planes like going back into the factory. Mm-hmm. I that yes. I think that passage gets posted on the book subreddit like once a day. <laughs> And it's always someone like, I just want to share my favorite passage from any book with you all. It's like, it was posted five minutes ago, but thanks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Still need to get to uh, it. Like, it looks yeah. really like the bits I've seen or read, like, seems dope. Just haven't. Uh... Yeah, Slaughterhouse-Five might be my second favorite of his books. My favorite's uh, Cat's Cradle. Okay. Which has the, uh, which is where he introduces Ice-Nine. 
which is ice that then freezes any water it touches. Huh. Like if, so it freezes the whole thing, which eventually leads to the end of the world. <laughs> just is like, there, uh... It's this thing of like scientists not thinking about mm-hmm. the uh, the repercussions of their their actions kind of thing. But yeah. There, there are also any... just weird things he does like uh he'll there's like a novel he starts with just like a passage about his how his sister died. Great. It's just like a non sequitur story thing. Just mm. this crazy accident. And I like his uh a lot of the times my favorite stuff in his books are these out of context things that's just something he's thinking about. That's not like the plot of the story at all. Is there any continuity to them? Or are they like all um, self-contained? There's He has this uh, character, Kilgore Trout, who's in a lot of his books. And then like one of uh, Breakfast of Champions ends with him like freeing the character, basically, from his okay. stories. Although I think he brings him back in something later. But other than, other than there just being some similar characters, they're... There isn't real continuity. Uh, a lot of his books have apocalyptic stuff happen. Like uh, Galapagos Islands is another apocalypse story where everyone on Damn. Earth has is, is, uh, died. And it's just about these characters who happen to be still alive because they're on the Galapagos Islands. So they don't get exposed to the virus that prevents people from having kids. Okay. It ends with seal people and artificial that does insemination sound like the, the logical conclusion <laughs> it's, you know stuff happens but uh yeah catch 22 and slaughterhouse five are probably his, his best books sirens of titan is also super good uh, aliens are also a, a thing in a bunch of his books gotcha yeah no i've been i've been meaning to read slaughterhouse five i'll have to add cat's cradle to that list as well then yeah and kind of in that vein of a book that I, for some reason, kind of lump in there. It's just the last thing I'll bring up is uh, Catch-22. Just because it's another, like, War is Fucked book that I kind of read around the same time. Yeah. That's, that's another one of my favorites. Like, my exposure to Catch-22 is... My was the first, movie? no, <laughs> probably worse. wasn't the movie. My first girlfriend back in high school, uh-huh. like we had, we had we started dating, and she had like just read, like her and her sister had read Catch Twenty Two, uh-huh. like for a class in high school, and suddenly everything was a Catch Twenty Two. Oh God, like. That's situation horrible. situation comes up. She's like, "Huh, a bit of a catch 22 I'm like, "I don't think that's it is." Not, uh, that's I'm not. That's not even sure like that what that book is about. That's fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> just a phrase that happens to. It's like people. Like it's like people who read 1984, and the only thing they get out of it is like double think mm-hmm. or something. Or soma. Uh. Yeah. So, I also like because I like those book, books that much. I also think like there are movie versions. There's a movie version of Slaughterhouse Five, and there's a movie of Catch Twenty Two, which are not like great movies, but I really, as far as just 
these are like impossible books to adapt. And so mm-hmm. like, I kind of just like those movies as like an attempt yeah, just on those grounds, but they wouldn't mean anything to me without the books. I was, I was thinking in an opposite direction. Uh, what my favorite sci-fi writer of all time is a super um, unheard of choice, very unknown author. Uh, he did, a couple cool short stories. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke. <laughs> yeah, real, uh, real underground uh, early sci-fi writer. Uh-huh. Um, no, his his novel Childhood's End is like one of his few forays into like kind of supernatural stuff, mm. which he doesn't necessarily believe. But like, he had the idea. He wrote the book. Like, it's whatever. His like whole introduction to it is like defending himself. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, and it got chained, it got, it got picked up by, like, sci-fi and turned into a miniseries. Uh-huh. Fucking garbage. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a sci-fi miniseries, of course it is. But, like, they turn, they trying to, like, turn the aliens into, like, these bad guys. <laughs> it's like, no. I mean, I guess if you're an asshole, they're bad. Like... They do a couple things that are, they're technically bad, like, but they're done for good reasons. Like, their first Mm -hmm. order business is basically to establish world peace, and they're like, yeah, you guys gotta stop fighting. Like, no more wars. This isn't happening anymore. And, like, two countries in Africa, I think, like, had a civil war that was ongoing, and they're, like no we're still gonna do this and they like attempt to keep fighting and instead the aliens just block out the sun in that area like completely <laughs> like devoid <laughs> of light or warmth and yeah no it's it's a completely but it's, but it's good like they're trying to like advance humanity and so this is whole thing but no the series are just alien dicks for like uh, we don't have any movies like that at all so that's not great adaptation of a book that i really like it happens that is uh it's almost like some adaptations don't understand <laughs> the garbage that they're making yeah or are poorly made but then you have 2001 space odyssey which i don't know i don't even really consider that an adaptation because like they're both the movie and the book go hand in hand really it's interesting i mean Kubrick basically didn't give a shit about the the source material when he was adapting things. He was but like, like he, doesn't actually matter. Like, I think there were considering how many like, of his movies are theoretically adaptations, but like also entirely different from the source material. Well, the thing with, as far as I recall, I might be wrong on this. Who knows? Um, but as as I recall. For 2001 Space Odyssey, Arthur Clarke was, like, writing the book as he was writing, like, helping out with the screenplay. So it was, like, a two, two-headed two joint, I guess, effort. Yeah, I think of that more as, we started from the same idea, but we made two entirely unrelated things. Two different things. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean that's like what the uh, the movie Kick Ass 
It was, like, written at the same time as the comic, so they kind of have nothing to do with each other, despite having the same characters and starting point. I mean, I guess, yeah. 2010, I think, is more like the book it's based on. Sure. In that it's, like, way more of its era and political, also. Mm -hmm. Well, 2001, that's based on... I guess, I guess, yeah, they were both, like, pulling, um... It was a short, the original, like, theme of that was a short story called The Sentinel. 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 So. It probably makes sense then. Yeah. But, I mean, like, like, Doctor Strangelove is theoretically based on a book, but it's not. (laughs) You know, I, I only, I, I, saying Doctor Strangelove, um, makes me think of. My one of my Canadian friends, I mean Peter, no, uh, Justin, and he's really into Doctor Strange Glove and shit. Um, Clockwork Orange. I was trying to, like the gotcha. word orange is in it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> that and just like all movies like that. And when I went to visit him, my only foray into Canada, uh, we watched Lolita. I really like that was a yeah that was a thing. Also, the first time I ever got tipsy, so like double whammy. Um, I really want to read that book. Fair enough. Like, it's on my. It's pretty high up on my list. Cause I. Well, I think it's something that like the book maybe conveys better than the movie. Just the um how the narrator like kind of lies to you like portrays mm. the relationship as fully consensual and like they're in love and blah 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 and after a while like he can't keep that from he can't keep the truth from the reader anymore gotcha. and it eventually like derails and i i like that concept mm-hmm. i think i'd like that concept better with different subject material but what what just me. what could you no it has to be pedophilia <laughs> otherwise it doesn't work oh huh i mean okay hear me out though necrophilia <laughs> it's author, real consensual the author but the author spends the entire book trying to convey this corpse as being alive and eventually can't do it anymore i like that for a short story that's sure some sure someone's written that 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 exists probably yeah it seems like it would be hard to keep up over the course of an entire novel but definitely yeah it's good to be a bit much yeah it just sounds like by the end of the book you're like wait what the fuck yeah it's like it's too just annoying yeah, um, no, it's a. It's, that seems accurate. <laughs> you went on a road trip, though, <laughs> in a convertible. She shot someone. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like, what is it? Weekend at Morris or some? Weekend at Bernie's. Like Bernie's Morris, whatever. Old man name. <laughs> Weekend at old man name's house. It's just like the movie Good Burger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, 
I think that's a podcast. Like I could keep like, going, but uh Yeah, it seems like a seems like a solid podcast. Good stuff there. We I mean, also really like Douglas Adams books, but you know, whatever. Yeah. They're they're nerds that are too into those and it's annoying. Oh yeah. No, pe- <laughs> there's a lot of people who think uh Hitchhiker's uh, guide is like the fucking be all end all of sci fi. Yeah. And I, I really like those books, but uh, I even like like the fourth and fifth ones, which are less good, but are also just yeah, they're weirdly solid. different. The fifth one had the problem of him dying. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> that feels unfinished. It feels I like also... it needed uh, some more work. Yeah, I also don't know like what a better ending would be, is my thing. Like I don't know what uh, I wanted. It, it it's not even the ending. It's just like uh, I think it, like it needed some editing. Mm-hmm. Like it needed another pass or something through it. Also, but yeah, I find I don't have a problem with that ending. With everyone dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, happy podcast, everybody. Happy podcast, Vit. So. You can email us at saltcirclepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for topics, send them. What do you want? <laughs> Not that we're desperate for <laughs> ideas. Look, we, we have a month planned out. It's fine. We have plenty of content. So much content. Of, the greatest content. Yeah. Unfortunately, too many of our plans in, required doing work. So reading no. and watching stuff. Shoot us ideas that you want us to, I don't know, shit on or engage in for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a great podcast content. Just, man, this topic is garbage <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> what a, like, ask a question and say, wait, what a dumb question. Uh, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can find us on soundcloud.com for salt circle. On Twitter at Salt Circle Pod, on iTunes, Salt Circle Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play Music, same thing. And I'm on Twitter at Comic Panels. And I'm on Twitter at Bean underscore LP. Spider Man is the greatest. Oh, fucking guy. I should have known. I mean, you should have. <laughs> Fuck Hyphen. That's, that's on you. It's on Fox Heights and stuff.